Boy Podcast, where we are champions of the common man. I'm your host, Buster Caballero. Thanks for tuning in. We sit down with certified good old boys and discuss how they're doing life, how they're getting by, their tips, their tricks, and getting down to the how to live life right by good old boy standards. So, sit back, relax, fix your cocktail, and let's get to the show. All right, everybody, Buster Caballero, your host, here for the Good Old Boy Podcast, coming to you live from San Antonio, Texas, on the back porch of the one and only Mr. TK, Tim Kuhn, Army. You might have heard him on our previous podcast from 643 Charts. He has graciously decided to open up his home to myself, my wife, and my rambunctious boys and daughter, and let us come crash here for what is my birthday weekend, Army. Thanks, bud. Happy to have you and your whole family. Thanks, bud. Thanks, bud. What's been going on? Hard at it, man. Just, uh, you know, trying to work hard, trying to take care of the family, trying to get ready for a little spring break coming up here. We'll see. So what's been going on in San We Dude, we're in San Antonio, Texas. I like this place. It is. San Antonio is fun for me. I enjoy it. Uh, we've, we've already had a lot of fun. We've got the fire. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube and the lighting sucks because (laughs) we're still figuring this out and you look like two menacing figures in the dark (laughs) because I'm going to put this on YouTube. I don't give a damn, (laughs) but, uh, I mean, we, we've God, we've drank at some maker's mark. We've had some fires. The weather has been nasty, but fun. And, but we're in San Antonio, dude. Happy to have you guys here. So San Antonio is a great place to be. I uh, had never been here. Is that mic on? Put, check the, uh, check the, uh, make sure that's on. Uh, Yipper. It's on? Yes, sir. Okay. You just got to talk louder, dude. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. First time I've ever been told that. Okay. I just turned up your mic a little bit, so that should help. Wait, I think I just turned up mine. Hold on. <laughs> All right, now we should be good. Give it a go. How's that sound? That's a lot. Okay, there we are. I'm watching this on live. All right. So, dude, we're in San Antonio, Texas, and we are getting ready to have some fun. We're going to the rodeo tomorrow. We're going to go see Brett Eldridge. Is there is there going to be an actual rodeo, or is it just a concert tomorrow? Come on, man. San Antonio Rodeo. It's all about the rodeo. The uh, concerts uh, is a dessert to the main dish of the rodeo. So <laughs> I remember the first time I went to a rodeo in Texas. It was in uh, it was in Houston. It was at the HSLR, Houston Li- or HLSR, Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And I went with uh, Kelly, and we uh, were watching the rodeo. And I go, "Okay, when does the uh, when do they try and pull the poker chip off the bull's head?" And she was like, "What are you talking about?" It's like, "Okay, well, when do they sit around the car table and wait for the bull to come out?" And the last one standing gets like a hundred bucks. And she's like, "What are you talking about for rodeo?" I grew up going to the uh, the Angola Prison Rodeo. In prison rodeo compared to like PBR 
Professional Bull Riding Association rodeo is completely different. Absolutely. You got the best athletes in the world. I, uh, <laughs> in had, in the world the best, of rodeo. And we have the best convicts <laughs> in the world. <laughs> it is Louisiana, after all. Dude, it's, hey, Angola prison. They don't mess with, the, they don't mess over there. So, but the, but the, uh, rodeo is fun as hell. And so, so I grew up in East Texas growing and growing up going, uh, to the local rodeos. The big one there was in the Gladewater rodeo. And it was a great time. Everybody over there really had the spirit, but it was not PBR. San Antonio rodeo is a whole different level. And you've been going to the Houston rodeo for a couple of years. So you get the top flight oh, bull riders and all this stuff. Tomorrow night that we're going to is the uh, Extreme Bulls, the finals. So it's the best of the best. It's the ones that made it to the final. So we'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. A uh, couple of years ago, so you know my cousin Caleb. Right. His wife won the uh, barrel racing world championship in Las Vegas. She was like number one barrel racer in the world. And she is like watching her. It's awesome so everybody's riding tomorrow wants to be where she's been yeah and i mean like she she had like some of the most amazing runs she had two horses uh one of her horses name was like dylan and i mean it's her name's callie uh depierier but it's now callie apfel and this girl running these rodeos was amazing dude i mean we went watch her i was so excited we're we're at the rodeo and like she's got the number on her back. The kids are like getting autographs. It's amazing. Like in Texas, the rodeo, the the cowboys and the cowgirls are the rock stars. In Louisiana, they're the convicts. <laughs> well, it's funny. We've got a good friend of ours, Houston Hutto, who used to uh, be top in the you know, top five in the world. Uh, tie down roper and it's a hard living i mean this man right here made it the top of the world and you can make a few bucks doing it but you've got to commit everything you've got to traveling around the country and you know towing your horses and yeah you're not it's 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 not like oh you hit one or two no you got to be traveling hitting rodeo in every place it's it's pretty cool to see and i enjoy it I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Absolutely. So you mentioned the concert earlier. So a lot of folks go based on who's playing. Yeah. When we go to the finals, it's about who's riding because everybody's riding for a paycheck, and that's fun to watch. It is. Like when you start getting to the last bit of it, it's like these guys are going for broke. It's like we're we're I'm going to win, and when they're winning, they're winning like anywhere from 10000 to 50000 to 100000 yeah, it'll be fun. We'll be sitting on the rail tomorrow, so we'll be able to see everybody up close and personal. And these guys are—I mean, they're—they're they're, uh, riding for the for a living. It's it's so fucking cool. I love it. I love it. What do you like about the rodeo? What's your favorite thing? Man, the whole rodeo season in San Antonio is you like is the, the season. <laughs> That's the story. We may get there. We're not there no, yet. We may get there. So let's tell that story. So, like, what is it? Three years ago, 
at least three or four at years three ago. Three or four years ago, me and Army are going to the rodeo, and your wife sees this rug that she just has to have. So the funny thing about the rodeo is there's a bunch of elements to it, right? You've got the uh, you've got the whole carnival deal. So we we take our little girls. I've got two little girls, five year old, nine year old. And we take them out there, and they love to ride the rides and have the funnel cakes and the corn dogs and all the good stuff, right? That's great. And then we go in for the grand entrance, which is a whole show into unto itself, right? You've yeah. got the lasers, and you've got the show horses and the whole deal. And the- You have, like, Miss San Antonio or Miss Rodeo who rides in on a white horse in a white outfit holding the American flag and— it's the pageantry, right? It is the pageantry. And and it's pretty cool to see. And so I love that part of it. And then you get into the athletes that are out there trying to earn a living. And, man, you know, there's nothing like a three-second ride or a five-second ride or hopefully you make eight seconds. And that's where you – I mean, that's where you get paid is in those eight seconds. You work all year long to to do that. And it's pretty impressive to watch these athletes because they're athletes. Yeah, they are. They may wear jeans and boots and, and not look like the athletes that you and I are accustomed to looking at, but it's work. Have you ever ridden a bull? I had nothing but a mechanical bull, and it has not been pretty when I've ridden, though. <laughs> hey, you wake up the next morning with, like, <laughs> bruises on the inside of your thighs. So I had a uh, growing up. One of our neighbors, he he had a farm, and we'd go and they'd uh, castrate the uh, young bulls, and you'd hold them down, and they'd castrate them, and as soon as they'd cra- castrate them, they'd let them go, and you'd like stand on top of them, and they would ride and buck, and then whenever I got, and it was fun, and then whenever I got to LSU, they had the amateur like rodeo where basically anybody could sign up to go ride a bull. And we went one time, and it was it was hilarious and fun and scary as shit. Because it wasn't like you're not riding these bulls that these guys are riding. You're riding like, oh, here's a little, here's a very little bull compared to what they are riding, and they still threw you the hell off. I mean, you go in like t-shirts, jeans, and you're. You know, Justin steel toe ropers, and they threw you the fuck off. You're not supposed fun. to be riding those things. There's a reason that nobody yeah, rides yeah, them. There's a reason you don't ride a bull. You don't, there's never a, the old West, you know, I think the only one was Mongo from, uh, uh, what was the old Mel Brooks movie? Uh, Blazing Saddles, right, where Mongo right, came right. in on the. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> he rode in on that bull like no they aren't that nice but no dude we're god rodeos are so damn fun they've got the funnel cakes they've got their they've got the whole like festivities outside and then on the inside they have the the pageantry the the there's like oh god what are all the events in horde they've got barrel racing they've got uh team roping team tie rope. down roping They've got stat, Saddle Bronx. They've got Bareback. They've got uh, San Antonio. A big deal is mutton busting. You familiar with that? Dude, I want to get Pip into mutton busting and Gus into mutton busting so bad. And that's where they basically take a, 
young child anywhere from the age of five to ten and throw him on the back of a sheep and like here you go ride this sheep it is hilarious and fun do they do calf scramble they do calf scramble here i'm not sure they'll do it tomorrow night because it's the finals and uh but uh it's a chance for all the f uh ffa and 4-h kids to get out there and try their hand at, at pulling one of those calves through across the finish line it, it's quite a quite a quite a seat to watch are there any picketers at the rodeo i've never seen any here i'm sure there are some but i've never seen any here san antonio embraces the rodeo big time well, Houston embraces the rodeo also, but there's still picketers there who are like, you know, cruelty to the animals and all that. And which one of these dogs is barking? Let's whoop them. Let's whoop. You got two dogs now. You got Pudge and uh, I don't remember her name. I just call her Clotilde now. That that's works. Her, that's her name. Carly. Her name? Carly. No, your name's Clotilde now, Carly. Clotio, come here. Yeah. So, so, no, these, like, you have the people protesting the rodeo because it's, like, harmful to these animals to have a 170-pound man ride a one-ton bull. It's abuse to the animal. That that animal, that's like a fly to the That's like if we had a mosquito bite, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm just going to, like, jerk it off. No. That's some bullshit. The whole deal about it is that's part of what I love about the rodeo is everybody who's involved in the rodeo lives the lifestyle and they are around livestock all the time and they're familiar with how to raise them, how to take care of them. And while there, there are some of these animals that are bred to be ridden, but every, everybody that's in the rodeo takes great care of the animals right there's oh, vets yeah. on on hand and there's a vets there's uh the animals are well taken they're care fed, of they're done everything it's it's not like they're drug from one place to the next i don't think a lot of these protesters have ever been on a farm or they if they've watched a youtube video of a and i'm doing quotation a farm you ever so. been to the Fort Worth, um, Stampede, through downtown. You nope. familiar with that? No. So it's something that's pretty popular in Fort Worth, and they've hyped it up. And I think it's uh, six days a week, something like that, they do what they call the Stampede of Longhorns through downtown Fort Worth because they're big stockyards in Fort Worth. And it's pretty funny. So a couple years ago, I took the family over to Fort Worth for a little getaway, and we're watching this stampede, and I'm telling you, we're just right there on the side of the road, and I'm telling you, you know, there's cowboys there on the, on the horses ready to bring the, the longhorns through, and I'm yelling at the girls, get back, get back, and it's uh, it's a lot of show. It's not a lot of uh, real cowboying going on, right? <laughs> These cattle are somewhat they're uh, tranquilized tank. absolutely <laughs> every day they're doing the same deal it's a show and it's cool I mean, <laughs> they I run them it. they run them down the road and then they they walk them down the road it's as put them in a trailer bring them back to start could, absolutely it's as peaceful as you could be so i mean no no harm of fort worth love the fact that we uh 
that we do that here in Fort Worth and that, you know, everybody has a a chance to experience that, but it's not, uh, it's not what you would experience from a real stampede. If you would, it's just the pageantry of it. Maybe. I don't know. Yep. Oh, well, but I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. Hold on one second. Okay. Here we are. We're drinking whiskey. We're, uh, Cheers, bud. Cheers. Yeah. Here. Drinking, uh, what are we drinking? Maker's Mark. Ma- we're drinking Maker's Mark out of your fancy glasses with your big cubed ice cubes. Uh, we've got a fire on the outside. The kids have been having a blast. I love San Antonio, dude. Uh, so let's talk Let's talk about San Antonio. You've lived here for how long now? It's been about eight years. San eight Antonio. years. Love it. And you are from... Long, Long view. view, Northeast Texas, home of Rodney Carrington. Hashtag. You think I could get Rodney Carrington on the podcast? Anything we could do to get Rodney Carrington on the podcast, <laughs> Rodney, it, would, it would be worth uh, worth our he, time. I think he'd be hilarious just to talk to, like one on one. Well, he's hilarious. Anybody's anybody who hadn't laughed at Rodney Carrington, anybody that compared your ball sack to, to, a, to a crown roll bag. <laughs> It's funny. Isn't somebody so, that needs to be, he's not a good old boy and needs to be listening to this podcast. Yeah. So let's, okay. So let's talk about San Antonio. When we come here, there's like a few places that we have to go and we always go. So tomorrow morning, we're going to wake up and we're going to go to a local coffee down by Pearl Brewery and we're going to get our coffee there and let the kids run around because I like the, I like the coffee there. But for those who are listening, Where's the breakfast spot? Man, there's so many. It's hard to say. Give me so, your okay. Give me your top three. Like, all right. Tim Coon wakes up on a Saturday morning, and he's got no commitments. The uh, wife's out of town. The kids are not here, or maybe they, I don't give a shit. Maybe they are, and they're hungry. But you have to go get something. Where do you go first? So if I'm going to get something, it's Thousand Oaks Cafe. It's a hole in the wall up on Austin Highway, a couple miles from here. And we may have to go over there in the morning. Let's do it. They've got uh, breakfast tacos. The way we're going, we may just head there in a few hours. (laughs) They've got the breakfast tacos. They've got the... uh, All of the migas and all of the true Mexican San Antonio breakfast uh, options that you need. For us, after we go play a soccer game here in a couple weeks, we've got soccer season kicking off for Miller Girl. Mm Mm-hmm. It's always going to Thousand Oaks Cafe after a soccer game. Have we been there? I don't think we've taken you there. Has, Tomorrow's is, the day. Is it like an old school restaurant? or It's old school. Old school diner style. Don't, well, I think we have been there. I think we've picked. Is it like not that far from your house here? It's not far. I think we've been there, but we've picked up. Thousand Oaks is the place to be. Um so Luna is a place that here in San Antonio that's a huge draw. It's great breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Deal is you've got to get there before noon on Saturdays and Sundays if you want to get their breakfast, and their breakfast is worth having. We may have to get there too. What's the uh? You think we get to two or three places before noon? I think we can. <laughs> you got to wake up, Mister. I think I think it'd be uh. I got an Adderall. No. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. Uh. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Oh, what's the go-to ordering there? Is it just breakfast tacos or is it? No, I mean, breakfast tacos is the place to start. But uh, once you've been there once you or twice. Guys or? Absolutely. You I wish to, Brandon was here. Chili Killies? Chili Killies. I'm a sucker for some Chili Killies. You got some good Chili Killies? Bring it. Just last week, we went to a new uh, place here. I guess maybe two weeks ago. Went to a place called Bite. It's in Southtown, just south of downtown. <laughs> this sounds like it's run by some white boys. Yeah, it's called Bite. Bite. Let me tell you. How big got, is that guy's they've, beard? They've got something called the... Uh, How tight is that guy's jeans? So Chili Killies, if you're familiar with Chili Killies, <laughs> it's, uh, they've got uh, Chili Killies Benedict. My God, talk about putting two great things together. Let's do it. Okay. That's the third place. So we've got three morning. places we're going for breakfast we tomorrow morning. morning. Uh, what about what about lunch? Where do you go in San Antonio for lunch? Man, there's so many great options. San Antonio is really coming to its own in the food scene. So up until about ten years ago, before I was here, I understand San Antonio was a tough place to be on the food scene, but. They put the Culinary Institute of America's here. So there's only two of them, I believe, in America. One's in New York City, and the other one's here in San Antonio. Talk about a major boom for the city. So we've got all of these great chefs that have come here to train, and then they end up loving it here and opening up restaurants. So there's all kinds of great places here. Um, you've got uh, Eastside Kitchenette, which has just opened up. Good, uh, good friend of mine. Um, has started that and that's a great place to go again breakfast lunch and they just recently started serving dinner i mean that's uh home cooking the best you can find around here what do you order when you go to like if you go to a new okay let's just say we're in san antonio you're going to a mexican restaurant what what do you order as you're like i'm gonna order this and judge this mexican restaurant by that for me, it's the salsa. Sounds pretty basic. Salsa seems pretty basic, but it's very different everywhere you go. It can be very tomatoey, very uh, jalapenoy, very spicy, very bland. I mean, all kinds of things. And if they've got good salsa and great tortillas, you can't go wrong. Now, what about the green sauce? I'm a big fan. I'm more of a fan of the tomatillo and the uh, than the straight jalapeno. But uh, I like people in the too. San Antonioans love the the green sauce. I hate when you get like a green sauce and it's spicy as shit, and it's like oh, you take a chip. The chips have to be on point too, and they have to be warm. They have to be kind of either hot or warm, fresh out the back, and then boom, you get that tomatillo. That's it's almost like a avocadoy ranch kind of style. And but if you get the one and it's like oh shit that green is spicy as hell. So I don't want to interrupt you, but I just had a great thought pop in my mind. What's your thought, man? And it's a place that we've been before. We've taken you before. It's called El Milagrito. Is that the place where Kelly got mad at me for? Probably. Isn't that every place? <laughs> so El Milagrito is a little lunch. They're only open for breakfast and lunch. Um and and it's a true Mexican joint. You go in there and you can get dollar fifty tacos, 
So we went in there one day. I don't know if you remember this or not. We went in there and Kelly ordered a big bowl of queso. In so many places, it's a bowl of melted Velveeta. Well, this ain't that. This is a big bowl. And they put on the bottom of it a big old wad of grated cheese. Was it blanco? And then they put on top of it kind of the chili sauce that comes on top of enchiladas. Yeah. And so it was so hot and steamy, it just melted the cheese. That's 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 good living there, dude. San Antonio's Mexican food is just amazing. Can I give a shout out right now? Go. I don't care. Go ahead. Tycoon Flats. Are you familiar with Tycoon Flats? We've been there before, I believe. Where's that at? at? It's across the street from El Milagrito. It's on uh, St. Mary's St. Mary's Strip. A uh, good is friend that, of mine. Is owned, it kind of the fancy place we went to? Or? No, this is not a fancy place. This is a place that serves the best damn cheeseburgers. In San Antonio, mark like, it down. A cheeseburger, a cheeseburger. This is a place that's a beer garden. Great place to watch a Sunday football game. I think we've oh, been out there watching the Saints wait. games before. No, we were coming back we've from the there. ranch. Yep, you. We've been there. You and I were coming back from the ranch, and we met up with Kelly and all. And there's yes. yeah, there's like containers containers out there and all yep. yeah that place was really good really good they've got great drinks they've got uh outside area which if the weather's nice it's fantastic we've got plenty of places inside if the weather's not nice um any place to watch a college football or basketball game nfl game they've got tvs everywhere um Richard and Malcolm Hartman, good friends of mine, have done a great job in in turning that place into the cheeseburger place to go in San Antonio, which is saying something. We've got some options here. I love a good burger. I mean. Tycoon Flats. Check it out. Okay. Tycoon Flats. We'll put a link to them in the show notes. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we get that guy. What if we, uh, what if we get the guy get him on the podcast and we do a whole thing out there where we go through the menu you better get ready my buddy richard will uh he'd be a great hey, guest dick <laughs> dick hartman no, dick hartman no let's uh let's get it i mean I, dude i just love san antonio river walk oh we gotta take the boys to alamo tomorrow let's do it I so mean, recently okay you'll appreciate this I've got, as I mentioned earlier, I've got a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, two little girls, and uh, they had never seen any of the missions. And so for anybody listening to this, everybody's probably familiar with the Alamo. That's one of five missions in San Antonio. So it's the most famous, but there's quite a history about the whole mission trail here in San Antonio. And so... On some of these nice weekends here in the last month or two, we've made it a point to take our girls out to the missions. So we'll drive out, and they're not far. They're all for stretch from the Alamo, which is in downtown, to anywhere two, three, four, five miles south of downtown. And the history that you find there is just incredible you go to any of these missions and you get to see the structures that are there. You get to read about the history of how it came to be, who lived there, kind of the whole lifestyle. I mean, that's that's real San Antonio, and it's just been a blast. I've, I've really watched, I've really enjoyed watching my girl's eyes light up, kind of learning about the history. It's yeah, been cool. because when you go, you come to San Antonio, and I remember the first time I came here, uh, it was a long time ago, 
and uh what's up Pudge? and you're like driving through downtown san antonio and it's like oh there's the minger there's the uh there's ripley's there's alamo and here's something else and it's like whoa whoa the alamo's like just sitting in the middle of downtown san antonio and i mean you're if you don't look right you're gonna miss it. I, I brought my dad here a couple of years ago, and uh, we went down to South Texas. We were going to the ranch to go hunting, and my dad was like, "I want to see the Alamo." So like, we drove around, and I'm like, "Get out!" And he's like, "Why here?" I'm like, "That's the Alamo right there." And he's like, "Holy shit!" So Kelly got out with my dad, and when they went do like a very quick tour, I drove around, and it he he came back and he's like, "I got to see the Alamo." He was all excited. So, uh. <laughs> I want to take the boys to the Alamo. It's worth doing. Absolutely. You need Let's to take them to breakfast in the Alamo, and by that time, he'll be ready for us to go to the rodeo. <laughs> Every Texan needs the Alamo. It Absolutely. is. Absolutely. It is. And if you have enough time to spend in San Antonio, it's worth seeing the other missions, too. It's All of them are um, worth seeing. So, uh, recently, I've kind of thought about what I want this podcast to be and branch it out and I've, I've put a couple of episodes on youtube but i want this to be like where good old boys experience life you know so what i think i'd love to do is get a couple of guys and come to san antonio for a weekend and we go do like the missions and eat and all that stuff uh i had uh my guy my buddy lou from the barbershop Yep. I'd love, you've been to the barbershop with me. Yep. And I'd love to like get a couple of guys and go to the barbershop and experience what that was in video and then just, you know, that's, you know, as people say, you know, what are you doing with this? I'm like, I have no clue. Well, I've got a couple of ideas now. So look out. San Antonio is a great place to come experience. I mean, it, it, it's River a tourist. Walk. It's a tourist town, right? You got There's married all kinds in of San things Antonio. to do. And if there's, uh, if you're here with somebody that knows how to get you around, you can hit the tourist spots, but not do it in a touristy way. You know what I mean? You can come yeah. around and see all the the really cool behind the scenes stuff that really makes San Antonio something different, something special. Y'all, you got married in San Antonio, right? Sure did. Sure did. No, it was uh, right downtown. Spectacular. Uh, we still take the girls there once in a while. And, you know, we don't go that to that uh, particular venue that often. But when we do go, it's still a place that holds something special for us. Where's the best place to get a margarita in San Antonio? <laughs> oh, good. I've already given a shout out to this place, but I'll do it again. Saluna. 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 That's the place. I think you ask any uh, San Antonioan, and certainly in this area, and that's the place to go. They've got a couple other little sister restaurants around town, but Saluna right here on Broadway is the spot to be. All right. Take a second and think really hard. And where else? Who Who's like the badass chef in this area? Because I know uh, we went, man, it might have been a year ago, we went to see Chris Stapleton here. And we went to that restaurant, and it was really damn good. Uh, they had the Pappy. And your buddy bought us a drink of Pappy. Uh, where, where else? What was that restaurant? So there's a lot of great restaurants here in San Antonio. So I've got a good buddy who is a uh, 
is a chef who's been a lot of different places and he's recently started his own tea business and uh, it's called Special Leaf. He's making tea out of olive leaves, right? Whole separate deal um, from any other tea on the market. Um, has a lot of healing qualities and I'm sure he can tell you all about it, but go check out Special Leaf. My friend Chris Cook knows what he's doing. Great chef, great guy, and uh, he's making a great product. I had the uh, great opportunity to check out some of the the uh, samples that he had, and man, I'm telling you, this guy's worth uh, checking out. So that that's a product that's coming to the market soon. Where's this place at? So he is starting to uh, he's starting to uh, distribute a little bit more widely now. Um, as as of now, it's a little bit it's hard to hard to find. Um, well, let's tell all my 100 subscribers yeah. where to go if they're in San Antonio. <laughs> Check out Special Leaf, and he will uh, on the website. There's some uh, outlets and where you can find it here in San Antonio, and the uh, distribution is growing. He's just recently gotten a new uh, co-packing deal where he's uh, able to distribute a little more broadly. So look forward to that. I'm excited about that for him. That's good. That's good. Uh, I like tea. I mean, I'm, I'll give it a try. I love it. It gives you a little boost here and there. I mean, it's one of these things that's... I don't drink it all the time, but I drink it whenever I've got that in front of me. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So, TK, how's 643 going? It's going, man. We're going and growing. It's good. We've uh, grown quite a bit this year. We're getting near the end of our sales cycle. We've got the baseball and softball season starting right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've seen quite a bit of growth. We're excited about where we're headed. Um, we've uh, commandeered a good portion of the market. We're excited about where we are. Um, there's some outfits out there that have been doing something similar to what we've been doing for four, five, six years. And we've taken over about half the market here in the last uh, two years we've been doing it. So we're excited about it. So. If you're not familiar with 643 and what they do is they do – and if I fuck this up, Tim, please like – I'll be honest with you. Okay. So they do statistical analysis of college baseball and softball players and give you a report. So if you're an opposing team, you can – Go to 643, and when a batter comes up, you know exactly what this guy's going to do. You you basically have a game plan on what the opposing team is going to be doing. You have a uh, – you almost have a an advantage, right? That's right. That's the point, right? So everybody does their own scouting. And so in the old days, it was sending your coach out there to watch the other team before you play them, and then – technology came to where everybody was sharing information and so what we've done is pulled all of the information that's available out there pull it together boil it down better than anybody could do with their own uh you know by doing it just by hand and uh given a very very accurate uh depiction of what each player's tendencies are against righties against lefties against home and away and in conference and out of conference and all kinds of breakdowns so 
Um, it's been pretty incredible to watch our growth. Um, we've, uh, had a really, really good high, uh, retention rate upon the, uh, the programs that subscribed to us last year. Last year, we were only available to division one college baseball programs. This year we expanded to division one, division two, II, division three, baseball and division one softball. We're probably going to be, be, uh, expanded division two II and three softball next year. Um, and it's just been incredible to watch the growth because we're bringing something to the market that has not been there before. It's a higher level of detail, higher level of accuracy, more information. And in this, in this data-driven age, that's where we're going. So we're excited to see where this thing goes. It's uh, I've seen a little bit of what – I've peeked behind the curtains with you all, and it's pretty interesting. And uh, – <laughs> Man, data is so there's so much data out there and it take it and turn it into like useful information. All you gotta do is take a little bit of effort and do it and I think y'all are doing it and it's interesting and uh I think <laughs> whenever I got here you and I sat and I asked you a few questions about things. And if you listen to the previous podcast with Tim, uh you might know where I'm going with that, but we'll uh we'll keep that off air for it. So no. So, so the funny thing is, is that everything that we're doing is pulled from information that's available. We, what we do is we pull it all together. We organize it in a way and, and boil it down and do all the analytics. So that way you've got the output from every possible scenario for every possible player. And so, um, I mean, our, our programs that are with us, are just going, man, this is something that, that we hadn't seen before. And it's it's been pretty cool to watch the response from the programs that we've got on board with us. So let me ask you this. You're, you're using this for games against each player. Are y'all able to turn this over to scouting for majors? Like a major can take your aggregate information on these and be like, hey, this guy, uh, and use this for a scouting for the majors and say like actually we want this guy he may not be on our radar but when we plug this information in and the guy that we're looking for okay we all watch Moneyball with brad pitt and uh jonah hill uh fat jonah hill not skinny jonah <laughs> hill and you know where he like had this whole formula for like oh no we're gonna get the guy that looks funny but he's gonna do. can 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 we take your information and if I'm the the Astros and say like, oh yeah, this is the guy we want to draft out of college because of all the aggregate data that six four three charts has on him, shows us that this guy's going to be a damn good player. Hundred percent. So we are very very close to agreements with multiple um, um, MLB teams in their scouting departments that want to use, because what we've got is we've got a repository on every player in division one, division two and division three. And so to be able to go to one particular source and find every scenario for every player is pretty powerful. And so there's a couple pro a uh, couple programs or uh, clubs that uh, we're very, very close and, and locking in on a long-term deal with. So we're excited about that. I um, think there's definitely an opportunity there. Our primary market is being able to provide uh, programs with 
scouting reports on their own guys because that's as important on being able to coach up your own team as it is being able to scout your opponents. And because if you look at what your own players' tendencies are, it's one thing as a coach if you're saying, that, hey, your tendency is to I – yeah. I feel like – you're swinging too much early yeah. in the count. But if you've got all of the analytics that says, you know, here's your batting average in a 01 count or in a 10 count. Um, okay. Go ahead. You just brought about a different way of thinking than maybe uh, just me personally, just right now, from what I understand in your business does and what y'all are doing and uh, trying to accomplish. You just threw me for a another loop. I mean, I've looked at your business in three or four different ways because, I mean, we're buddies. We talk about this. We go over it. But I never even thought about it for a personal analytical aspect of saying like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, you you like to swing at the first three pitches that come in and you're – 25% on base. You need to back the fuck off, Johnny. Absolutely. I mean, I, I so as that, a coach, that's the thing that you probably have a gut feel that man, this kid's really aggressive. This kid's getting up there and hacking right away and I just don't know why he's grounding out so much, you know, whatever. So when you look at the numbers though, the numbers don't lie, right? No, numbers don't lie. That and so there's something God. to be said other than I, you know, as a coach, I feel like you should be more patient at the plate. But if you can pull up the numbers that we're able to provide and say, look, early in the count, you're batting 200. And when you work it past four pitches, you're batting 400. You know, let's work the count. Let's be a little bit more patient. That's what it's all about. And so for us, it's very, very important that for all of our customers, anybody that subscribes and subscribes to our program, we provide the reports for all of their opponents. Primarily, that's what they're focused on is they want to know what their opponents are doing. But for everybody that subscribes to us, we also provide their own team's reports because there's as much self-scouting and, and information okay. on your own team as there is on the opponents. How many of the teams are actually looking – okay, how do I word this question? How many teams are worried about themselves versus the other teams? A lot. You'd be surprised. I mean, it, just what we were saying. I mean, it's all about coaching and next-level analytics, and the it, the numbers don't lie. And so if a guy is hitting uh, – below his normal batting average in a 1-0 count when you're ahead. What the hell is well, going on? Absolutely. Tell the man to take a couple pitches, right? And you so can put that versus a team versus a in, an individual versus a team versus a over a, a generalized season. Absolutely. And so one of the coolest things that I've found about this, being involved in this for a couple of years, is – Everybody's interested in what we can provide, right? The numbers are out there. So we've got over half of the SEC. I think we've got 10 out of 14 SEC teams on board with us. Um, and we've got – and you look at some of the smaller conferences, the MEAC and, the, and some of these pro, uh, conferences, and we've got several programs there too. 
Uh, last year in our first season in business, we had 76 programs, which was 25% of Division One baseball. This year we've grown, I think we're north of 130 programs. Um, so we've grown substantially, getting up near 50%, which we're very proud of and very excited to have. Um, but we definitely pride ourselves on being 100% objective. The deal is we don't want to have any opinion in our information. We've got the best possible information that's out there, and we want to give that into the coach's hands and let them make the best possible coaching decisions with that. That's uh, – I always say that there's a, lot of, there's a lot of information out there, but being able to make it into useful data – is hard because we're being so just bombarded with it. I mean that's that's crazy, but what y'all are doing? I mean, I'm I'm excited it's, about it. I want it's uh, it's a delicate balance between being too nerdy and too geeky and too uh, technology yeah, and too because where do you, analytical and too much of a baseball yeah, guy? And where do you, where do you lose the like you know? Oh, this guy, he's maybe like like I'm gonna. I'm going to screw this up. But this guy's like 30%, but all of a sudden, like in a game-winning situation, this guy's going to like dead it out and hit your grand slam home run and win this game. Where do, Where's that, that geekiness versus the gut? Absolutely. So Geek versus gut. What's the guy's gut factor? Like, man, this guy's due. He's due for it. I mean, there's a part of that, right? That's <laughs> Can baseball. You predict That's the that? reason we all love baseball. So there's a predictive analytics uh, piece to it that we're developing right now what we're doing is taking all of the information that's out there and saying what has this particular person done in this particular scenario so we can say this particular hitter in this particular count against this kind of pitcher has this kind of outcome this percentage of the time right can we can you, give you that information can you predict the uh the je ne sais quoi like the I'm gonna uh, need interpretation there, sir. The uh, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> <laughs> but you do you think y'all are very close to predicting like the uh, the holy shit, like oh my god, this guy just hit a walk off homer against his team when he's like maybe got a point one two batting average, but under the right circumstances like this is the guy you want so against a let's say you've got a pitcher that's thrown so many pitches and he's degrading and he's doing against this and all of a sudden this batter he knows that after so many he's hit this can y'all predict that so what we're doing is we are pushing the envelope on any information that's out there so we are working on some predictive analytics stuff the deal is is we are committed 100% committed as a cornerstone of what we're doing to being 100% objective and so what we may do is come in with some predictive analytics but it would be from a different angle because what we don't want to do is mix what we think might happen with what 100% has happened right yeah we're very very much committed to objective and that's a big piece that's uh, other outfits out there that are trying to compete against us have not done. Other outfits have not been committed to the objective nature of what's been out there. There's always been the subjectivity in it. And so for us, um, that's a piece of that, that we're not willing to waver on. 
Um, that being said, um, there's certainly a demand for what's the guy going to do the next at bat. Yeah. We're working on that. So we've got a, a very, very talented team. Um, and I think that's where our part of our competitive advantage lies is that we're baseball guys. Yes, we've got some very, very talented uh, analytical engineering type minds behind our outfit. Uh, a couple of my partners are very, very uh, oh, engineers. They're engineers, right? And software guys. And so we are we're working to blend the two in a way that is palatable for uh, baseball programs. Cool. All right, man. Well, we're getting to the end of this uh, recording here. So let's, uh, let's play a little lightning round right here. Uh, you better make it quick, buddy. All right. You're in San Antonio. Uh Oh, where do you go for breakfast? We're, tomorrow we're going to thousand Oaks cafe. Where do you go for lunch? We're going to Tycoon Flats. Where do you go for dinner? Soluna. All right. Where do you go for something fun and do? We're going to the Pearl. Yeah. It's going to be. <laughs> that's going to happen. Uh, All of them are going to happen. All right. I kind of think that's because. All right. To be open and honest with you people, at the time of recording this, it is 1.54 a.m. DK and I have been at this for a while. The kids are all asleep, and we're having fun with this. So, as always, I'm ready to go have some of those places right now. Let's go have some brunch. <laughs> <laughs> there is a very good chance that you and I may uh, pile in an Uber and go somewhere and go get some tacos right now. Fuck it. That's good. You want to go? Let's go. All right. All right. TK and I are going to go get an Uber and go get some tacos right now and uh, maybe some cocktails. So, as always, Everyone, uh, thank you very much for tuning into the Good Old Boy podcast. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing us and giving it out, as always. I appreciate y'all. I think y'all are amazing. What what you got, TK? Say hi to your mom and them. (laughs) God dang it. That's my line. As always, uh, I appreciate you. I thank you. Subscribe, share, and let us know. And as always, once again, go ahead, Army. Say hi to your mom and them. (laughs) 